Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we embrace the seasonal spirit with Babes in the Woods. Babes in the Woods is a Powered by the Apocalypse gaming ex- inspired by stories like Over the Garden Wall. And reading this book, I have to say Over the Garden Wall is absolutely a driving force behind this fiction. Usually I try to pick a few foundational fiction touchstones to let people know what's going on, but if you haven't watched Over the Garden Wall, you should probably go out and watch Over the Garden Wall. It is an animated masterpiece and only two hours long and and such a wonderful experience and really the beating heart at the core of this game. That said, I do want to point out that Babes in the Woods absolutely expands beyond that foundation, but I feel like this game expands only in ways that supports the core spirit of what makes Over the Garden Wall such a special thing. This system is about following the adventures of lost travelers who are wandering an endless wood, coming across strange and magical hollows where they meet new people and learn about themselves as they offer help, all while being stalked by a mysterious and sinister being known as the Fiend and its shadows. It's warm, touching, and scary in the way that Halloween is scary. In short, this is exactly the sort of game that I want to be playing at this time of year. We ended up recording this adventure over two sessions, and our cast evolved somewhat, which is kind of a first for one shot. But I'm really excited about the way this is turning out, and I hope you all are as well. And good news if you are, Babes in the Woods successfully kickstarted its second edition, and it's available for purchase now. Especially based on the way the world and supply chain is right now, I certainly recommend picking up the digital edition of this game, but I think they might have extra physical copies, so be sure to follow the links I put in the show notes if this game tickles your fancy. Now then, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. That's a great note to start on. Hey, heroes. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's meet our party this week. Uh, first up, we have the love of my life, my spouse, Mel D'Amato. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, hun. Happy to be here again. I'm so glad to have you here. If you were to be sent to an endless wood full of magical creatures and uh, uh, strange, whimsical places, what lesson would you need to learn in order to get out of those woods? You really can't give me these icebreakers I, I without, can. I without can any this. preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so <laughs> just... Like, like me personally? Look at your life. Look at your life. Look at all of the problems that you have in it. And go, wow. which one really needs to be solved? You're really f- digging in on this one. It's quite rude. Uh, uh, I, you know what? I need to learn to love myself more. There we go. And that's a challenging one. And the beast, it's not called the beast in this. It is called, it's not even called the shadow, the fiend. The fiend would make that very difficult, mm. uh, which is good. I already make it difficult. The fiend is already me. (laughs) 
the fiend is me. Uh, great. Uh, well, before we we get too far into unpacking that, let's move over to Drew. Hey, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's Drew Merzieski. Drew. Uh, before we get rolling, I'm gonna give you the thing that I apparently did not give Mel, which is, do you have any plugs? Do you have any plugs for us? Oh, do I have any plugs? Uh, well, I do this little show called uh, Skyjacks Couriers Call. I'll allow it. Uh, that's uh, a pretty good thing that I, I work on right now. Uh, please go listen to that show. Enjoy it. You can find it on Simplecast at, I believe it's simplecast.com slash Courier's Call. Yeah, you can also find it uh, wherever you get your podcast right now. That so too. If you're, on a, if you're listening to this on a podcast app, Courier's Call is already there. It's waiting for it, you. Yeah, you're. It's it's there. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Tell us you love us. We, we love feedback. Uh, and Positive feedback. Positive feedback. We love your positive feedback. If you've got negative feedback, you keep it to your <laughs> fucking self. <laughs> you bury that deep down. You, you bury it down until it becomes a poison in your heart that kills you. You put it in a pickle jar and uh, let that ferment for a while. This is a story about children. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's true. This could be child appropriate, and I have made it not that. So we'll no, I was out. saying Courier's Call is a story about children. But oh, also, that too. I mean, this is well, also this ironically, is about yes. <laughs> ironic. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot. But yeah, that's where you can find me. You can find me on, uh, I guess, Twitter at Worlds to Forge. If you want to talk to me, go for it. And um, that's that's all I got. Now, Drew, if you were transported to an endless wood full of magical creatures and whimsical places, what deep lesson would you need to learn in order to find your way out? I would have to learn probably how to relax. Ooh, a hard thing to do in a spooky woods. <laughs> yeah. That's that's, that's a challenge. They're like, ooh, sorry, we're all out of relaxing relaxation hollow parts of the woods. So, um, well, how about some moving shadows? Because we've got a lot of those. <laughs> how about endless woods that never end, and you don't know what's there? That relax in those. Is that helping? Am I helping? Uh, great. Well, before we get to the game, I will turn back to Mel. Mel, do you have anything to plug? Do you want to do plugs? <laughs> I forgot how to do my own show. It's uh, been a while. I mean, you can. Follow me on Twitter at Mellorella, M-E-L-E-R-E-L-L-A. The only thing I can plug right now is my baby registry. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send plug us that gifts, baby. Uh, that's, that's all, all I've been doing lately is growing a child and being miserable. So, you know, that that's all I got going on. Hell yeah. Grow child, be miserable. Love it. <laughs> the truth there is experience. <laughs> um, so we are playing Babes in the Woods which is a game that is deeply inspired by Over the Garden Wall, I actually think one of the best ways to meet these characters is going to be just seeing them. So I think it's time for us to begin. And we open on a sky, a beautiful, deep, purple sky that fades to the lightest hint of orange at the bottom. We can see in the sky many small and twinkling stars, but the most noticeable thing about the sky is the moon, or what sits in place of the moon, because providing the same silvery and eerie light that we know from our moon there is a great white pumpkin that looms over the deep purple sky with a 
large mouth full of square pumpkiny teeth and triangular eyes that are clearly happy, but a little bit eerie because inside them are just shadows. And we can see this pumpkin moon over a landscape. Uh, what, wh the place that we are appears to be surrounded by trees uh, in a clearing that is just a big pile of trash cans that have been piled up two, three stories that, that move off in different directions. There are all sorts of candy wrappers that are blowing by in the wind. Most of them seem to be contained to this very clearing. And they're like every time they approach near the woods, they uh, appears that the wind circles them back towards this big pile. This isn't like a smelly place or a stinky place, but it is full of litter. And it is litter that is specifically candy wrappers. In this place, we see two children. And I would like you, well, we'll go in age order, oldest to youngest. Please describe your child. When we first see Bjorn, we see him from behind. He's wearing like a dark suit coat that looks, it's very long on him, it, it, but it looks like it's been hastily tailored to kind of fit him. It looks like he's wearing like suit pants and he's also wearing like dress shoes. When we see him walking, he's got his hair slicked back. He's got brown hair, it's slicked back. It's like down to his, to his shoulders. As we come around him, we see that he has a very big white beard. And it is not, uh, for a moment we are confused by his appearance until he, uh, he reaches, he's holding a, a large book that says War and Peace on it. And he opens it and he takes out like a, a bit of candy and unwraps it and then lifts the beard and puts it into his mouth. And we see that it is a, it's a fake beard, but it's big and white. It's like forked. It's like in two two different ways. And he looks like he's got stage old makeup, like old old stage makeup on. Like somebody has made him. He has made himself look old. Yeah, he's uh, just sort of defining the lines. It's not like prosthetics or anything, but it's it's putting work in. That's that's Bjorn. He's also wearing like a a cravat and like a a, a, a vest as well as like a button-up shirt. And we see that he is dressed as Leo Tolstoy, uh, the author of War and Peace and Anna Karina. Great, well, who's our next child? Small time out, you, you, the object that you said that I have with my costume, you said it's like a little RC electric. RC moon rover, yeah. Oh, is it like tiny? Or is it big enough for me to ride in? I think it's probably tiny. The tiny car? Okay, yeah. fine. I don't think I gave you a little car. I'm good. All right. I know like, what I'm doing with it. The, the thing, my, my brain couldn't remember how big These it objects was. will be able to be used three times, and then they will break. So, is Can I be playing with it right now? Yeah, you can I be playing with it. Like it's not, use in story okay. terms is very different than okay. use to play with. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. Back in. You see a young girl. Her name is Freya. She has mousy brown hair. And she is also in the clearing, but 
not as close, not terribly close to uh, our good friend Tolstoy. She is dressed as an astronaut and she's holding a controller and all you can hear over the wind and rustle of garbage is beep beep she's making a lot of car noises and she is driving around a little rc vehicle that has been modified to look like a land rover like a moon land rover and she is driving it around in all of the rubbish rolling around and just kind of blowing it up off the ground and having the time of her life. I would like to focus in on Bjorn for a second. Bjorn, you are looking around. You see giant piles of trash. Your, did we decide you were siblings? Yeah. Yeah. Your your younger sibling is, is playing with, with the RC Moon Rover they got for, we'll say their birthday, just a, just a few days before Halloween. And you notice that this place is unfamiliar. I, I just want to know, how are you feeling right now? I think as we can hear in the background Freya making all the sounds, the RC car like goes through Bjorn's feet and he turns around. He's like, gosh, Freya, will you stop? It's where where are we? I don't know. What do, you, what do you mean you don't know? You said, hey, hey, Bjorn, come this way. There's a, 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 a what is it? The thing with that makes it easier and shorter to go someplace. A, a clearing? No, it's not, it's not a, a clearing. It's a, a road? There's like two buildings and there's a way through and you're going around on the other side a, and you cut through. An, an alleyway? An, yeah, that's an alleyway, but it's, like, it's a shortcut. Shortcut. Oh. You said it was a shortcut. And and I followed you. We, we followed each other. Yep. Because mom told me to make sure you didn't run off like you did uh-huh. on Thanksgiving. Yep. Last year. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Where are we? Where Where were we going? Where? We went down the alleyway, and now we're in a garbage? Uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. We see that, like, there is, like, this zoomed-out shot of Freya just, like, looking one way and looking the other way. The wind blows by, and just a bunch of trash, like, flows, and then it zooms up very close on Freya as, as she says, that's what it looks like. And we can see over her shoulder a set of gigantic green glowing eyes kind of in the background. But really, you know, as, as, as we look again, like they are gone. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember why I said there was a shortcut. It just seemed like a cool way to go. And uh, so I went that way. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I guess we'll just keep going till we get through this incredibly long shortcut i mean i guess we could try going back the other way yeah let, let's do that let's do that actually okay. we're gonna turn around okay and he reaches okay. over and he takes freya's hand and like marches with big wide steps bjorn is 14 and he is now gangly mm-hmm. uh, but he is not used to being this gangly and so what he considers a normal step is a very wide step now and so he's walking very wide and long, and I think Freya's kind of like trying to catch up with it. Yeah, it's like three steps opposed to your one. Freya is still, despite being eight years old, still a bit a bit shorter than perhaps the rest of the class. As you are walking, your feet on the ground, 
they crunch the, the way they would crunch if there were leaves underfoot. But of course, it's just the plastic of candy wrappers. And at first, you know, Freya, you are, are struggling to, to keep up with your stomps. And I think I'm going to introduce a problem here. And it is because you are trying to control the remote car at the same time that you are stomping through these candy wrappers and being pulled along. It veers in a direction that you don't intend. It goes like around one of the columns of, of trash cans and candy wrappers. Oh, Bjorn, wait, my car. And Freya yanks her arm away and runs towards where the car went. Freya, Freya. So you like start moving towards the car, you follow it, you can hear like the, the little crinkle of it crashing into some candy wrappers. You quickly like round the corner, you're, you're in like a clearing within the gigantic trash pile. Uh, in here, like the wrappers are deeper, so you have to like wade into them, almost like a leaf pile, except brighter and more colorful and smelling faintly of chocolate. You dig into the pile and pull out your car. And as you do, you see in the middle of this clearing, there is like a pedestal, like a dais almost. And sitting on top of it, there is a plate with a hot dog on it. Oh my God. We, uh, we see Bjorn. <sighs> what? What is it? What? Dinner. We had dinner. We we had we had dinner earlier. Remember, mom said we couldn't go out on an empty stomach. But where? What are we looking at? I can't, I can't believe finding food in a garbage storage is a good idea. It's on a table. Look, it's a it's a hot dog. And we see Bjorn look. He goes, oh, that, yeah, that that is a hot dog. Doesn't it look good? It's a beautiful hot dog. It's a good looking hot but dog. But you know what they say about beauty. It's amazing how complete is the delusional that beauty oh my is God. goodness. Freya walks away. <laughs> As Freya walks away, like like you finish this quote, I kind of, and let me know if you're okay with me layering this into your character. Please. I kind of like the idea that you have these Tolstoy quotes written on the inside cover of your hollowed out war and peace Oh, book. absolutely. So like you... You, you finish the quote, you close it up, and as you close it up, you look up, you can see Freya trudging through the deep candy bar wrappers towards the hot dog on this dais, and then you can see, looming around one of the other columns of trash, the two giant yellow-green eyes that I described earlier, reflecting and, and looking menacingly towards Freya. Freya? Freya, there are there are eyes, Freya. Freya, Freya, the eyes. Yeah, I have eyes. What about it? No, no. And we see, uh, we see Bjorn walk. He's not running. He's just walking, keeping an eye on the eyes, like trying to keep up with Freya. And like there, are, there are like large eyes over there. And if they move, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him with the book. Okay, so you just, you just do what you need to do. I'm gonna. Watch. There's this shadowy figure that you're like watching slowly move towards the giant pile of candy bar wrappers and the shadowy form and the glowing eyes with it just sink into the wrappers and disappear. Oh, that is disconcerting. That is very disconcerting. Freya has seen none of this. Freya, maybe don't touch the hot dog. 
Why? Because it's a hot dog in the middle of in the middle of a trash place. Like, who left the hot dog? Who left it? Some dummy who didn't want their dinner, I guess. Look, Freya, and he opens his book. The two most powerful warriors are patience and time. Oh my God! He Freya picks it. up the hot dog. What? <laughs> and. As you touch the hot dog, this massive shadow like looms out of the trash pile right in front of you, right behind the dais. All you can see are these glowing yellow-green eyes and this mouth that stretches back far too wide, full of incredibly sharp teeth. Uh, Freya looks up and well, if you were hungry, you should have said something. Just hucks the hot dog into the mouth of the monster. <laughs> um, <laughs> you huck the hot dog. I would like you to. Ooh, that is definitely a move. I am trying to figure out. Yeah, I would like you to roll cause mischief. This is rolling plus steam. That's a pretty good roll. And it, I have a minus one. That's so a, that brings it to 10. ten. On ten plus, things go according to your plan, and you create an advantageous situation for yourself. Uh, I would like the hot dog, despite the the gaping maw, to get stuck in there, and for the monster to either be satisfied and disappear or choke on it. Yeah. So I, I think what happens is the hot dog catches in this monster's throat as the moon above flares. Uh, we can see like, you know, it's this ghostly sort of uh, white that, that, that is shining off this pumpkin, uh, you know, letting out that, that pale moon light. But within the mouth and the eyes of the pumpkin, there is just like a, a flare of red-orange light that briefly lights up the landscape and therefore the face of this monster. And it looks almost more horrible than it looked before, but in like a sadder way, as what you see is a very bedraggled and scruffy possum that now has a hot dog lodged in its mouth. It catches uh, the hot dog in its mouth and goes, oh! and falls backward off the dais into the candy wrappers and is just sitting there making choking sounds and thrashing around in the candy wrappers now. Look, if you were hungry, you just had to ask. And I'm not really that hungry. It's just a hot dog, but it looked really good. And like, do you, do you, do you need help? Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Freya stomps over to where the thrashing is in in the foliage and like shoves a hand in and and scruffs the the possum and gives him a little shake. I like yeah. This is a huge <laughs> possum. Like I mean, Fre Freya is eight, and like all animals look larger on a child than they do on an adult. But this is a very very big possum, and you know it looks like just this sad lumpy sack of creature as you scruff it and like shake it it's like got a little bit of a ragdoll thing and we can see like its eyes which are bugging out in opposite directions 
are like panicked and it's wiggling its little feet and its big nasty skin tail. And eventually the hot dog gets dislodged from its throat and sails through the air, beautifully flipping and turning until it lands back on the plate on the dais. Boy, I'm real glad I didn't eat that hot dog if that's how it got there to begin with. Life is a horrible thing to endure. Okay. I was just going to say, you kids get away from that hot dog. Then... I saw it first. Then eat it. I wish I could. Oh, I wish I could. So we're not going to talk about the fact that the possum is talking right now? It's just like the TV. What? It's like TV. There's po- you know, animals talk on TV The possum the was a very big monster, and now the possum is not a monster, but now the possum is also talking? You're pretty much up to speed. I don't know what Ow. more you want to understand about this situation. Okay, okay, okay. And we see we see Bjorn go over and he like, put put it down. Put it down. And he like puts it make sure you let go of it. And he stands between the possum and his little sister and he's like, "Who are you and what do you want, possum?" "My name is Oswald and I want a perfectly cooked hot dog." "Well, fine. You may have the hot dog." And we're we're going. We're oh, going if I could. Oh, but I would. I dream about this hot dog. What's stopping you? I've been stalking this hot dog for weeks, months, perhaps even years. Circling around it, assessing it, occasionally trying to eat it all in one bite and choking on it and having to spit it back up onto its plate. Ugh! Oh, I'm extra glad I, extra glad I didn't eat it. Yeah, oh, we're wow. in the garbage, Freya. <laughs> we're engaged in a battle, me and this hot dog. Do you- two titans of our field. Well, well, good luck with that. As I said before, the two most powerful warriors are patience and time. So, good luck. Do you need to, me to do what my mom does and cut it up for you? Well, what are you doing? You would do that. You would do that for a. Poor possum who's down on his luck and lost his job and spent the last few months, perhaps weeks, perhaps years, stalking a hot dog. You had a job? Oh, yeah, I had a job. What was your job? I was a garbage man. (laughs) Okay. That makes as much sense as anything. I didn't do good in school. And most garbage men do do good in school, but I didn't. And I was kind of a middling garbage man. So, so what? The the hot dog's gonna make you happy? Is that is that the thing? Maybe. Okay. What's gonna make you happy? I, I don't know. You're in the right place. Okay. <laughs> Freya has stepped over to the hot dog and, lacking anything resembling a knife, uses her hands to break it into smaller pieces. What do you do? You, the possum has touched that. I've got space gloves on. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. It didn't touch my mouth. As We're Tolstoy good. Tolstoy says, the sole meaning of life is to serve. Here, eat this. <laughs> uh, you toss a little hot dog chunk into the possum's mouth. The possum <laughs> catches it 
out of the air and you watch a possum eat for a bit like they have these huge mouths but they eat as though they can't fit what they're trying to eat in the mouth and like all of this slop kind of like falls out of this super wide mouth which just like lets more and more stuff fall out and the possum eventually like has to throw its head back to like let the hot dog like slide in there and eat it is a disgusting and fascinating thing to watch Bjorn is horrified and yet cannot look away Freya breaks them into even smaller pieces <laughs> um yeah uh, and eventually, like, it's just like, hum, one catch and, and, and a bite or two and then a swallow. And eventually the hot dog is gone. And there's a moment where Oswald, like, straightens himself out, moves his tongue over his teeth, like, sort of half grooms and sits and looks at the moon and spreads out his arms like, eh, eh. Oh my gosh, the, the moon is a pumpkin! Oh, cool. When, when did that happen? This really changes my space plans. Well, I guess it's not the one. Wait, there's a particular hot dog you're looking for? I'm looking for the perfect hot dog. A perfectly cooked hot dog. And I thought, while stalking and assessing this one for weeks, months, perhaps years, that it might have been the one. Have you considered that in the time it took you to stalk and assess this hot dog, that it went from being the perfect hot dog to a gross hot dog? Hmm. Explain. Mom says that if you leave your food to sit for too long, you, you shouldn't eat it anymore because if it's been out overnight, it's not good anymore. Uh, if there's one thing I know about moms, it's they usually know what they're talking about. Uh, I guess. I guess. You I need to keep be going. more decisive. You're right. I do. Thanks, child. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. We learned a lesson. Everything's great here. Enjoy your hot dog search for the moon, apparently, the pumpkin moon. Uh, me and my sister will be leaving now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where, where are you going? Uh, um, and we look around and Bjorn just points in a direction. That way, because that way looks as good as any and it is away from this place. You, you're just going to go into the woods? Yeah, I, I, I mean, sure. Why I mean, why, why do you think I've been here working an angle on this hot dog for, for months, perhaps years? You can't just go into the... Woods? Why Why not? Well, what's your plan, kid? Walk through the woods because the woods are next to our house, and so we'll, we'll get home. You kids have hot dogs at home? Yeah. We can get hot dogs. I'll tell you what. The woods are dark and dangerous. It is also late. I, being a former garbage man... I'm a uniformed person. It's a civil servant. Yeah, a civil servant, exactly. I, it is within the purview of, of my role within society to make sure that you kids get home safely, and if there should happen to be some hot dogs at the end of that process, then everybody wins. Uh, okay, uh, sure. If you 
help us through the woods? I guess we'll give you a hot dog. My mom's even better at cutting up food than me, so I think you'll be very pleased. Good. Perhaps. Perfect. And, like, the wind blows through the air again, and we can see the candy wrappers swirl over it as as we look at, like, the darkened path that Bjorn has pointed out for us. And that brings us to perhaps venturing into the woods, which means... We need to make a woods move. And because Drew is the one who pointed out the woods and and sent us there, I would very much like Drew to roll this. So we're gonna be rolling minus fear plus hope. Neither of us has fear or hope at this point. It's like 2021. (laughs) Let's roll then. That is a four. That's a six. Okay, a six. On a six, you are separated from the group and confronted by the fiend. After resolving the prompt offered using this move, the group immediately exits the wood into the next hollow. Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, did you know that in addition to hosting this show, I'm also the author of several books on role-playing games? My most recent book is the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, a book with advice, exercises, and mini-games designed to help make the process of world-building easy and fun. And you can find it wherever fine books are sold, on all major online retailers, major brick-and-mortar bookstores, and, of course, your favorite indie bookstores and your friendly local game store. Heroes, before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Sarah Yoshi, thank you. Hey Flick, thank you so much. Matale Bull, thank you. Schneefink, thank you very much. Kalia, thank you. Kelly Shepard, thank you so much. Joy Riddo, thank you. Wasamonkey, thank you so much. Jacob McGarry. Thank you. Quartz Osmi. Thank you very much. Matthew Menegan. Thank you. Ayane Katz. Thank you. Brian Hurt. Brian Hurt or maybe Brian Hurt. Thank you so much. Mike. Thank you very much. John. Thank you. Andy R. Thank you so much. Tony Nur. Thank you. Brett Voles. Thank you so much. Jess Brooks. Thank you very much. Peter Allers. Thank you. Alexander Criswell. Thank you so much. And David Burns, thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make this show, or so many of the other shows that make this network so wonderful. If you'd like to hear your name on air, or get access to some of the amazing bonus content that we have as part of the OneShot Archive, head over to patreon.com slash oneshotpodcast and sign up to become a supporter. Thanks to everyone who's signed up already, and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. You enter the woods, striding in front of the party, 
like beyond everyone else. You're taking charge in this situation. I, I would like you to first describe to me Bjorn's emotional state, like making a decision and, and being in a leadership position. Bjorn doesn't take charge anywhere else in his life, except for when it comes to Freya. I think Bjorn has a lot of love and a lot of emotion about Freya and is very concerned for her and the fact that, like, life's not fun. And so a lot of what he does is when he takes charge, it's to shield Freya. This is one of the few times where he is not going with the flow. He's not letting other people take responsibility. He's taking responsibility at this point. He's also scared shitless at this point because he's... They're out here, they're in a garbage thing. They home is very far away, apparently. The moon is a pumpkin, the possum is talking, and there was a whole thing about hot dogs, which I thought was really weird. So he's gonna take charge, and he's going to purposefully stride through the woods, kind of mantraing Tolstoy quotes, trying to keep himself brave. Yeah. That's, I was like, what's the word? Hit us, hit us with, with a couple of those. Just. Okay. Music is the shorthand of emotion. As he says that, like he's walking forward and the woods are changing. One, one of the first things that happens is as you enter the woods, the gnarling and knotted branches and trunks sort of blot and, and take over the sky above you. So you see fewer and fewer stars. The branches of these trees, some of them have leaves, but most of those leaves, of course, are turned gold, red, or brown, and many of them have fallen off these branches. You know, we have that rhythmic tapping, the crunching of your feet against the fallen leaves. But as you say that quote about music, uh, being the heart of emotion, was it? Shorthand of emotion. Shorthand of emotion. We hear a sting of the musical instrument uh, used most often in horror movies that is just a violin bow drawn against iron pegs. As the wood around you grows deeper and thicker. And I feel like he goes, what was that? And he turns around to see Freya and Oswald. And they're gone. The woods feels much larger and more hollow now. You, you take another step, maybe to orient yourself, and there's still a little bit of crunch to leaves, but there is a squish or a squash beneath that as some of these leaves have grown damp being here for so long. A few of them that fell from the trees when they were full red or yellow have started to decay and rot away, especially in this water. Freya? Sit us with another quote. Um, okay, okay. It's okay. It's okay. <sighs> True life is lived when tiny changes occur. As you breathe out, it feels like there is a pressure on your chest that, that is somewhat comforting. It is like moving with your breath, making your breathe out fuller and more complete. But as, as you try to breathe in, that, that pressure remains there. 
makes it harder to breathe in and you can't like suddenly the only thing like really around that you see is that looming pumpkin moon in the sky it's ghostly white ahead of you like there are still a few scattered stars but the sky that was once purple is now dark and inky black and yeah you you feel this pressure and and this cold kind of all over your body freya you think you hear a sound from around a bend. Hun, what is this sound? Maybe it's the sound of the little RC car, like the, like the tiny yeah, motor noise. the little whirring of a motor. And I think Bjorn goes straight for that. Freya, Freya, got too far ahead, Freya. Squash, squash, splash. It is now like you feel water that is suddenly up to your ankles. I, I imagine that we see Bjorn standing there and he tries to like find a bit of higher ground to step on but there isn't any it's just ankle deep water everywhere then in the shadowy darkness all around you suddenly two stars shift and start moving as though they are slowly lumbering towards you one step and two step you can hear the squash of water beneath those steps and you look up and while the moonlight here is strong because it is the only light that is really present it doesn't fully illuminate the form of this thing in front of you it is vast and and shaggy covered in matted hair but with a fuller form that is completely indistinct except for the eyes the eyes are these two twinkling pinpricks of light through this vast and chilled darkness of fur and hair hello um my name is bjorn are, are you also a very big possum? Or something else? Large, but also sapient and uh, able to talk to? And then more twinkling lights start to cross into the darkness as you can see the glint of teeth in a very large mouth open up into a chilling smile. I feel like Bjorn turns around and starts to walk the other way going, this is not real, this is not happening, this is not happening. And he begins to do this thing when he's very nervous. He will recite the first page of War and Peace. It was in July 1805, and the speaker was the well-known Anna Pavlova, Cher, maiden of honor and favorite of the Empress uh, Fedora, uh, which was, which these words, she greeted um, the prince, a man of high rank and importance, who was and the first to arrive at the reception. Anna, <laughs> you are reciting. The water is getting deeper and deeper. It is thigh deep, then waist deep, then up to your chest. Then you are fighting against the water to continue saying what you want to say. Anna had had a, a cough for some time. <laughs> uh, some days she was, as she said, suffering from la grippe. Uh, grippe being then a new word in St. Petersburg used only by the elite. Uh, and 
and as he's trying to swim desperately away from whatever this thing is. Yeah, your words feel slow, thick, and heavy as though they are escaping you without you being able to hear them. The weight, the pressure feels there, but the weight of yourself feels gone. You are floating beneath this pumpkin sky and you look above you and below you and below you you see another pumpkin i think bjorn is incredibly confused at everything when he opens his mouth does water go into it or is it just that he's floating like he's in water but it is air so water is not rushing into your mouth However, when you speak, bubbles come out. I want to know, why is Bjorn afraid of water? Deep water. When Bjorn was little, like five, six, the family went out to uh, a little cabin on a lake. And there was like a jetty that kind of went out from the cabin. There was a little boat. There was a day where Bjorn's dad took him out to go fishing for the first time. Uh, Bjorn's dad likes to fish. They went out on this lake and it was so deep. It was the deepest thing that Bjorn had ever seen before. There was no bottom. And Bjorn has a very active imagination. And so he could only imagine the fish that were in here. He asked his dad, how big are the fish in the lake? And Bjorn's dad said, they're huge just ginormous, the size of buses, huge fish. That scared Bjorn a lot. As they thought about it through the rest of the day, eventually there was a point where uh, something rocked the boat and Bjorn thought it was a very big fish. It turned out to be dad. He was just kind of moving the boat back and forth to, to scare Bjorn. But it scared Bjorn so bad he fell in. And Ooh. he slipped. He was slight even then. He slipped out of his life preserver. And so was just free-floating in the, the lake. And it was deep, and he just sank for a good little bit. And his dad jumped in and got him, but Bjorn has never forgotten that. And that memory stands with you even stronger now, as whatever this is, this this substance around you that it feels so much like water but it, again it's not rushing into your nose not rushing into your mouth it is just staying around you suspending you and disorienting you and you can feel the movement through this fluid of, of something much much larger than yourself circling around <sighs> Bjorn is going to try to he's taking it like water that thing below him is not what he wants. He will swim the opposite direction. He will go as high up as he possibly can. How does he know which way is up? He doesn't. He's taking that as an assumption in his panic. So you swim as hard and as fast as you can, kicking and pulling at the water as you approach this glowing, like, pumpkin object that, that you know to be the moon and when you get close, it pulses and lights up the area a little bit more. You see that this pumpkin is really just as large as yourself. The moon so small that you could hold it. And that pulse goes through the water. And then you can see once again those pinprick 
lights of starlight eyes light up again and reflect across the teeth of a creature that is the size of a bus with a massive lure that dangles down from its face keeping this bright pumpkin light right in front of it to lure anyone nearer to its mouth this is a mistake uh, <laughs> I have a question where where is Freya right now is is this all in Bjorn's this, mind this is all this is all because Bjorn rolled very badly on the the go through the woods roll oh um, boy okay. so we are we are gonna resolve this okay here's how I'd like to resolve this this is a fish and so Bjorn what Bjorn is going to do is he is going to he's gonna bore the fish I'm going to use my item, War, War and Peace, mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue to recite the first page of War and Peace, and hopefully the fish will find it as boring as everyone else that that Bjorn talks to finds it, and it will go to sleep and he can get away. Do I have to roll for that, or is that just... No, that's just uh, mark one use of your item. Yeah, and we, we have learned that cutting big things into smaller chunks do help them fit in your mouth. So, like, you start reciting War and Peace like it is a spell at this creature in the darkness. You know, it was drawing towards you, looming after you, its big maw gaping, ready to welcome you inside. And then you start reciting and you focus on your recital and the words at first feel indistinct and thick as you say them in your panicked voice and it is difficult to keep track of what you're supposed to recite as the bubbles are coming at your vision and there's so little light down here to begin with but as you stand firm and sink into your recital the words become more and more clear. They are no longer faded. They are a familiar friend, something that you have welcomed into your mind many, many times as the world brought bear, brought to bear its many pressures and, and trials that stressed you out. And you find, for some reason, in Tolstoy's words, a measure of peace in the war. I suppose. Um, And you reach uh, the end of what you hadn't hollowed out for your book. You snap it shut and it feels hollow. And you look up and you can see Freya and Oswald again. uh, As you are just on the verge of a new clearing in the wood. Which she neither wished, nor could, nor considered it necessary to correct. Bjorn, what are you doing? There, there was a fish. There was a very big, there was a, th- no, no, first there was a thing. There was a thing, its eyes were the stars, and its mouth was very big, and, and then there was, there was water, and, and then the moon was a pumpkin, and it was, it was, it was small, and, and then I, I, like, like a wizard, like a wizard, I, I took out my, my, my book, my, my, my book, and he, like, holds up War and Peace, and we see that, like, part of it has, like, become soggy and mm-hmm. not usable, he, like, tears off part of it. Um, I, war, I, I was reciting War and Peace, and, and then I, I was here, I, I was here. And, and see, this is why I said we shouldn't just go right into the woods. 
You should really be more careful with your books. Okay. Okay, possum. And he like goes over and he picks up the possum. <laughs> he goes, you're going to tell me what's going on here. Okay? What's happening? You're a possum. You don't speak. You don't talk. Yeah, the possum, like, is trying to look at you and, like, it, like, has to, like, lean its head to the side. It can't, like, meet your eyes because it's got this weird triangular head um, and you're picking it up. Uh, so it leans around. This place is weird. These woods are not safe. They are full of stinking and rotting things that have been here since time and memoria. The most ancient things that have ever graced the face of the earth rest in those woods and they wait. So what you're saying, we've done like a bad Narnia? Is that what's happening here? That's a great word for what this is. Bad Narnia. It's a bad Narnia. Bad and he, Narnia. And he, and he drops the possum. What's Narnia. Okay, um, C.S. Lewis, he wrote this book called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, it, it's the first of a seven-book uh, series. I don't care It's about a Christian allegory. It is. Oh, okay. It, it is a Christian allegory. Uh, I mean, he... I mean, he, he actually claimed that it was a Christian allegory. I, I mean, you, can, you can't divorce yourself from What's your... the story? I don't give a... Uh, 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 <laughs> it's complicated. There are a lot of things that happen. There are many books in that series. So in World War II, um, there, okay, there was something I'm just called the Blitz that was happening in, in London. That it's just a... It's, it's like this, but bad. Yeah, yeah. This is a bad Narnia. We went okay. through a thing, and now we're in a bad... But I guess Narnia... Well... When they first go to Narnia in the very in the line the witch of the word, it is bad. Also, like the White Witch has made it all snow and are ice. there witches here? And Narnia. oh yeah, oh okay. So it is like okay. So it's like a Narnia, but it's like a bad and worse. But white people. Oh no. Yeah, lots of them. Tons of white. We we have to get out of here. <laughs> It'll be bland, and no one will like it. Look, it's a Target. Let's go there. Oh, I do like Target. Okay, you have pointed out a Target. That is the first detail of the next hollow that we have entered. The thing about hollows is they are weird. You know, thinking about over the garden wall, the first little town that they happened upon looked like a little pastoral kind of agrarian farming town. But there was a heavy pumpkin theme. They had turkeys pulling carts and, of course, Everybody wore gourds on their heads and feet and hands. They were dead. So there is something that looks like a target here. That is the first thing. Like, I think it is an actual archery target is the first detail that I'll layer on for this place. But I'd like to note my frown. <laughs> I wanted a department store. I know you did. <laughs> we all sensed that, Mel. <laughs> I was hoping that it was going to be one of those as well, but it's an archery target. I could get more, but more batteries for my RC car. It could be a department store as well. If that's what no. you're hungry for, <laughs> no. that can be here. Please add those details. What makes this place like a department store? I'm just here to give you a hard time, James. There are rows and rows of shelves. Just like the shelves in, in a Target, like, you know, there are these things that are col colorfully and enticingly displayed on them. What was your hope again, Drew? Oh, my hope is to be published. Be published. Okay. On these shelves and whatnot, instead of being like normal products or something like that, there are personality traits and ideas and skills and whatnot that you can pick up. They are packaged like products. 
So there's like one that like comes in in six pack cans that just says temporary confidence to tell a joke. And somebody like pushes past you, excuse me, and grabs a six pack of temporary confidence to tell jokes and puts it in their red shopping cart. Is it a white person? And uh, no, thank God. Uh, But people here are weird looking. How? And it's something both of you can collaborate on. They can't look like mascots because that would terrify you. Yes, they they can't be mascots. Maybe they're like bipedal animals. Yeah, but they're mixtures of two animals together. Oh, absolutely. So it's like a lion bear or a, a frog goat. But they're realistic enough that they don't scare me. They're realistic enough that they don't scare you. Yeah, they don't have the big dead eyes of mascots. No, no, they, they don't. I imagine this place is outside, so it it looks like a department store with no Mm -hmm. roof. So it's just shelves full of things. Lots of leaves blowing through it. Oh, yeah, and here it's daytime, which is an important thing. In the sky, you now see like it is a a partly cloudy day with with, with these uh, few clouds like drifting by. It's still crisp, like and cool autumn, but... You can see that in the sky, instead of that pale ghostly pumpkin that was the moon, you can see a full bright and orange jack-o'-lantern that is fully lit up with a blazing flame that is projecting warm sunlight uh, throughout the sky. The sky is mostly blue, but it tinges at the bottom with a bit of yellow. This episode of One Shot uses music from the following artists. Into the Unknown by Hill. Russian Waltz by Federico Ferrandina. Moonlight by Louis Lotman. Hollow by Wicked Cinema. Imperial by Lincoln Davis. Layers by Kayla Bethridge. And Home Run by Avocado Junkie. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry, we'll be back next week with more Babes in the Woods. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other amazing shows here on the One Shot Network. Like A Horror Borealis. A Horror Borealis is an actual play Monster of the Week podcast set in the 1990s in the fictional town of Revenant, Alaska, just south of the nation's least visited national park and way north of everything else. A reclusive small game hunter with a magical secret, a young anarchist librarian with a passion for conspiracy theory, and a sensible park ranger with a strong local book club following find themselves pulled together by common threads woven mysteriously into their past when monsters begin plaguing their tiny community. But they soon discover the things they're fighting run much deeper and much closer to home. Tune in for a story about identity, empathy, community, mental illness, and healing. And stay for the beloved local diner. You can find A Horror Borealis on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. Heroes, I'd like to urge you to go out and call your representatives. Calling a representative is a great way to directly advocate for an issue. 
It's a way that many elected officials keep a temperature of what their constituents are looking for, and because not many people do it, an individual caller can make a huge difference. When I call my representatives, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find a list of issue summaries from around the country, along with contact information for your reps and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. Calling is quick, and it can make a vital difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Hey heroes, it's James here. It's time for you to grab a bird, a saddle, and a lance. Because we've got new episodes of Sky Joust coming at you next week. Sky Joust is the OneShot Network's competitive sports drama actual play. Inspired by your favorite sports animes and set in Skyjack's world of sphere. Follow four different adolescent jousting teams as they battle their way through the quarterfinals, eventually to face each other in head-to-head -head PvP matches. It's competitive because we have four different teams of protagonists, and everybody's got a reason to win. But there's only one championship spot, and the game decides who takes the crown. Watch your favorite performers from around the one-shot network and world of actual play in some intense and hilarious moments. You can listen to Sky Joust right now by heading over to your favorite podcast app and search for Sky Joust, S-K-Y-J-O-U-S-T, with two exclamation points. If you first checked out Sky Joust when it was on the Skyjacks feed, we are finally airing brand new episodes, so it's the perfect time to jump in. We'll catch you in the lists, heroes.